Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Equipped to Be with Connie Albers. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um, I'm not in the studio with a guest this time. I am actually going to continue the series on parenting that we started a few weeks ago on parenting or raising a strong-minded child. That was a two-part episode. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and give that a listen to, especially if you have a child who, uh, uh, you know, if you have that child, the child who uh, confronts and is combative and always has great ideas and their ideas are sometimes better than yours, um, you might have a strong-minded child. But today, I want to talk to you about the child that that doesn't have that temperament, that is more of a passive child, more of a compliant child. You know, those are the ones that we often love to parent because they make us look good and they don't give us a lot of headache and heartache. They just pretty much go along with whatever, uh, they go with the flow and they go, you know, with whatever we're doing. Now, what is important about this, uh, parenting this particular type of child is understanding where their uh, needs are and how you need to address them. Because when you have a strong-minded child, pretty much they're very active. They're in your face. You know exactly where they are, what they think, how they think, and how they would solve every problem in the whole wide world, or at least how they think you should solve the problem. But when you have more of a compliant child or a passive child, that's a very different parenting technique. And I talk about in the book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, I just talk about our parenting styles and how you know, we, we have to change and adjust as our children start to grow. But on this one, on, on the compliant child or the child who is just very happy-go-lucky and really does go along with the flow, you know, there's some beautiful things and attributes about that child, but there's also some things that we need to consider when we're raising that, those particular children. And I had some of those as well. So let's just kind of jump into that. A lot of times compliant children will, I mean, really a lot doesn't matter to them. I mean, genuinely, they don't necessarily care what they have to wear. Uh, They're happy with whatever, especially when they're little, whatever you tell them to wear, okay, they'll wear it. And whatever you tell them to do, like go to bed or when you're going to, you know, when you're going to have dinner or breakfast or when it's playtime, they're genuinely just okay with it. They go along with the flow. It does make our lives easier as a parent, but it adds a layer of complexity for this reason. Those children are going to grow up and there's times where being compliant and just going along with the flow works, but then there's times when it doesn't. Sometimes they need to make a decision that's their own decision. And sometimes they need to stand up and say, nope, sorry, not doing that. And our parenting is different from e- for each of those. You know, one of my children 
I read about him a little bit in the book. He's not mentioned a whole lot in Parenting Beyond the Rules. And there's a reason, because that child literally stayed under the radar his whole life. Now he is, you know, he's in his late 20s now. But as he was growing up, I just thought, wow, you are just like the, the best. You're always happy. You never complain. Whatever I fixed, you ate. Whatever, uh, wherever we were going, you were okay with. Nothing really rattled you. Boy, I love that. But what I learned later is he really struggled to make a decision. Because in our case, you know, you guys know, I have five children. In our case, if he felt like being an older kid, a big kid, he would hang out with his older siblings. And if he felt like being like a little kid and playing Legos, he'd hang out with the little kids. He, he was able to kind of decide without actually making a decision because he had people within the, a people group within our family that he could gravitate and hang out with. Older kids, other, act, other activities, other new adventures, uh, maybe some harder adventures. Little kids just kind of playing around and having a good time. As that particular child starts to grow, you start to see some weaknesses within a compliant child, and that is an inability to make decisions. It's very hard sometimes for a compliant or a child who's, who's truly just kind of stays under the radar it becomes very hard for them to make a decision of what they want, what they really want, because they usually don't get that opportunity. Life's pretty dictated to them, and because they don't have strong opinions, nothing's ever really said. But yet, they do have strong opinions. So we have to, as we start to parent those children, we have to help them learn how to make a decision, like how to know what it is you really want. We can't wait till it's time to pick a college for them to, to make their, their really their first decision. No, we have to start with little things like, what would you like when they're very young? Obviously, it would be like, what, what would you like to wear today? Uh, which shoes? You want to wear your, these tennis shoes or those tennis shoes? Letting them get in the habit of, of making small little decisions that are appropriate, obviously, for their age, and what's fitting for where you're going. But then when they hit the middle and high school years, and they need to make other decisions, more grown-up decisions, or more of a stance, or helping them find their voice, that their voice isn't lost in a sea of people with whom they live with. So walking them through the process of identifying what it is they, they really do want, and then it's okay to want that. A lot of times those children have a hard time and it shows up in adult life. Do I leave a job? Do I not leave a job? They can't decide. And it becomes painstakingly difficult. It's more than just what would we like for dinner? Do we want fried chicken or hamburgers? Do we want soup or salad? Those are little decisions that they do start with. We have to be thinking about the grander scheme of what they're stepping into as an adult. Then give them the opportunity to make such decisions. As I said, you know, when they're little, you know, it's like, which shoes would you like to wear as they hit middle school or high school? What clothes would you like to wear? Um, what books would you like to read? What, you know, what sport would you like to play? Or what instrument would you like to play? Or what movie would you like to see? In our family, because we have a lot of children, 
it, it was very easy for him not to have to make that decision. I'm talking about the middle child. In, in this case, I'm talking about my middle child. It was very easy for him to never have to make a decision because I had other children who were more of your strong-minded children that always had an opinion. And they can run over, not literally, but they can kind of run over the children that are more compliant or, you know, just kind of life is happy and happy as can be. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. But it's the intentionality of you, mom and dad, that helps them realize, I do have a say, I do have a preference, and it's okay to have a say and have a preference. That doesn't make me wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make me right or you right. It just means I might like one thing and you might like something else. So this time, you get to pick the movie, and next time, you get to pick the movie or whatever board game or whatever video game you might be playing. Pay special attention to that particular child and how they're doing in decision-making processes. Note, and I would write this down, I would write down, when I saw this, you know, this one child, when I really saw this child struggling with making a decision, to him it wasn't a big deal. But I started noticing this could become a problem in your adult life of not being able to make a decision because you are so happy-go-lucky. You could be stuck in a job that you really hate, but it'll be okay because the, the painstaking decision of weighing out the, the pros and cons can be overwhelming. So pay attention when you notice it. And not at that moment, but at a, a later time, you know, like maybe at bedtime. Or maybe when you're going for a walk or you're just doing, waiting in the car for somebody who's running an errand, whatever, whatever time you can get where it's not at that moment. And then ask them, say, I just noticed that every time you're with so-and-so or every time the family's all together, you're, you always defer to what somebody else wants. And most of the time, you know, that's a beautiful quality. I mean, we certainly love that about people. When they are, you know, drama-free and they're opinionated, they're not as opinionated, I mean, that's a delight, but it's also not good for your child. So you can't parent them for what's good for you and what's um, good for the overall harmony of the family. You want to help them learn they have a voice. Then, so what first thing we're going to do is help them learn how to decide. You know, do I want this or this? I mean, it could be as simple as when you're going to a fast food restaurant. Would you like chicken tenders or would you like chicken strips? Oh, I don't care. No, no, no. Which would you like today? And let wait for them to make a decision. And I know that's kind of trivial, but you, you're getting the idea, I'm sure of it. And then give them an opportunity to make those decisions, small and large. Small and large. Because they're going to learn from making those decisions if it's really something they really liked or if they didn't like it. But they not they most likely wouldn't try it if they weren't kind of encouraged to make a decision to go for it or to try it. And third, don't cut them down. <laughs> oh, that was such a, that's, no, you don't really like that. That's, yeah, that's gross. Oh, well, that doesn't look good. Don't cut them down. A child who is more inclined toward compliance or people-pleasing, they're your happy-go-lucky, don't wake the boat, don't overturn the apple cart. They're not going to get really mad and say things. They're just, they keep it all in. It's there. They're keeping it all in. So don't cut them down. Don't shame them. Don't guilt them. 
Affirm them. Let them know. No, it's okay. Yeah, sure. You want that? No problem. We'll do that. Even if you don't like it or you think it's, you know, a waste of time, that's just because you're different than them. Obviously, if it's something truly not, uh, um, you know, not good, that's one thing. But in general, most of the time you can just say, encourage them. Yeah, that's a great decision. By affirming your child to make a decision, just, just that simple affirmation, you're bolstering their confidence. Their confidence starts to rise. Their confidence rises because you're now telling them, I made a decision and you're, the, you're right there by them because they might be afraid to make a decision. Afraid of maybe I'll fail. Maybe I won't like it. Maybe it's not the right decision. There's a whole list of what they could be afraid of. Maybe they'd be afraid that other people wouldn't like what they chose. And because they're more of a people pleaser, then they're going to feel bad. So you don't want to add guilt or shame. You don't want to criticize or cut them down. You want to encourage them when they do step out that they're doing a good thing. We also want to encourage them that it's okay to not always agree. They can still comply, but it's okay to have your voice and to say, I, I'm absolutely going to do that, but I, I'd rather do it a different way. I totally understand that you would rather do it away. Would you like to try it that way? That's fine with me. See, indirectly, you're helping them learn to make a decision. When they venture out with you and in that conversation of what would I like or what don't I like or why I like it or why I don't like it, they're a part of their, they're part of their core is, is opening up and they're being vulnerable. See, a child who's really compliant or happy-go-lucky, you know, sometimes they're mistaken as just being, you know, oh, that's their personality. They really, honestly, they really don't care. And if you ask them, most of the time they would probably tell you, I don't care. I really don't care. They might not care about that, but there will be things that they do care about. And if all, if that is their constant go-to, if that is their constant fallback, when something that is really important that they do care about, they might not have the feel like they have the freedom to speak up because it's going to catch everybody off guard. Whoa, all of a sudden now you have an opinion. See, the two things besides food and water that your children need are to be heard and affirmed. So when you have a child that is compliant, they want to please you. They want your approval. They want you to tell them, good job. I love you so much. I love spending time with you. You're so easy to talk to. I love playing board games with you. I love playing outside. I like talking with you. I like it when we get in the kitchen together. And the happy-go-lucky child that really just, just kind of seems to float through life well, they, always, they can't always float through life because they could be taken advantage of. And there are people that will take advantage of them. We want to give them the legs and the confidence to stand on those legs and to be their own person. And it starts within the four walls of your house. So as we talked uh, in the other podcasts about strong-minded children, you know, they're, they're, you pretty much know what's going on with them. They're going to tell you through their body language or through their words, but you're going to hear about it. 
You have to do more work when you have a compliant child, a people pleaser, or you have a child who is genuinely just doesn't make decisions. There's they they can just go with the flow. They're very adaptable. And often when I'm talking with parents that have children that are highly adaptable, those are great character qualities to have. So we don't drive that out of them because that's at the core, that's who they are. And that's how God's going to use them in their vocation as an adult. Uh, it's how God's going to use them as a parent. Um, it's going to, it's how they even fit within your family. And if you have that child that is genuinely just easy going and easy to get along with, you want them to realize and to learn that there is a point in time they're not going to be okay with what's going on. So as you are parenting, you want to remember, if you have that passive child, that compliant child, doesn't really speak up or speak out that much, usually will smile and, smile and nod, although sometimes they may give a few body language gestures of droop shoulders or a head goes down, and they're not really thrilled by it, but they're not going to make a big stink about it. That's where you get the opportunity to pause and to help them learn how to make a decision and to speak up, speak out in a respectful, loving, kind way. They will, and they will, they will just naturally do that. They're peacemakers. They're, they're harmony. You know, they don't like conflict. So sometimes they won't even say how they feel because they don't want to get in a conflict with anybody. So it has to be a safe place for your child to be able to open up to you and know that there's not going to be some conflict. They're not going to upset you. They're not going to make you mad. See, if we're not careful, mom and dad, what we actually can end up doing is manipulating them because we know how to get them to go along with what we're doing or how to get them to comply, knowing that they may not even actually like what it is you're suggesting, but they'll go along with it. See, you're the adult. You have to be careful that you don't manipulate those particular children the way you would. A str- I mean, we can do that with a strong-minded child as well. We can marginalize and shame them into compliance. With a compliant child or a passive child, we can do the same. We can't necessarily shame them to come out and to be more like a strong-minded child. But what we can do is we can cause them to further re- retreat and become less of the person they are designed to be because they don't want to rock the boat and they keep it all in until they can't keep any more in. And then it starts to leak out through attitudes, through doing things that you don't want them to do and they know you don't want to do it. They start pushing back and pushing away from you because you're controlling them. And they don't want to be controlled. Even though they're compliant, they don't want to be controlled. Now, you may think, well, some kids do want to be controlled. Well, they do. But do we want our children to just be controlled by others? No. We want our children to be thinkers. We want them to to have sound reasoning, have a sound mind. We want to give them the opportunity to make decisions. Start small and then gradually build up to bigger decisions. And all along the way, just be that cheerleader that's standing. Just think of a a marathon runner. All those marathon runners usually have people strategically placed along the way. Maybe it's a hard uphill run, or maybe it's a high altitude, or it's it's a difficult stretch. 
or a certain mile marker where their body starts to get fatigued. And they'll have people standing, their team, so to speak, like the team uh, that's supporting that particular runner. They'll have people strategically placed to shout out, to breathe life, to give encouragement, to give a cup of cold water. And so when you are helping your children make decisions, be there when they do finally make them along the way, even hard decisions that they have to make, like even what electives to pick in school. Well, you can be like that cheerleader that's standing there, breathing life at that moment, just it's, it's at that moment when they could quit or they could keep going. And then you strategically position yourself further down when you know you can start seeing them getting fatigued or tired instead of shaming or guilting or, or trying to uh, conjo- you know, co- get them out of it, bring them out of it, being that life-giving encourager at the next strategic point that keeps them going again, that feeds their soul, that inspires them and makes them believe they can do maybe more than they ever thought they could do. And that's kind of what a runner, a long distance marathon runner does. They're pushing themselves to do that, which is not easy. And for your children that are are naturally compliant, naturally passive, naturally easygoing, they need you to cheer them on as they learn to find their voice and make decisions. And instead of cutting them down for being so passive or cutting them down because um, they have something they don't necessarily agree and because you're so used to them complying with you and doing whatever it is that you say to do when you say to do it, and all of a sudden they just stop. Instead of you getting onto them, stop and figure out what it, why, what, what's going on. Pause. Ask them, hey, what's, what's up with that? Let's, let's talk about that. Did I say something the wrong way? Are you having a bad time with school? Something else going on that I don't know about? Well, tell me what's going on. Are you struggling with a friend? What you'll find is when you're dealing with that compliant passive child, they hit a time in their teen years where they've kind of had enough. And they've either, well, two things will happen. They've had enough and they're not going to take it anymore. They're tired of being bossed around. They're tired of being the one who always has to just go along with everybody else to keep the family happy. They start to feel like they don't matter. Like they're invisible. Their opinions don't matter. That they're only valued if they get along or go along. And that becomes the life lesson that they learn and they carry into them, they carry into adult life, which could lead to abusive relationships or an unhealthy work environment. We want our children to know that they have a voice, they have an opinion, they have preferences, and that those are okay within limits, obviously. When you do that, they become more secure and confident adults making wise decisions, not being easily swayed or easily persuaded to go along with what others are doing because they will have learned through the safety of being in your home that while my nature is to be compliant, while my nature is to have harmony, while my nature is to uh, go along and 
just make everybody happy. That's not their function within the family. They have that natural gift and they will use that. But that doesn't mean that they don't have something to say. It doesn't mean that it's okay for them to not have an opinion. Because that's not okay. They do have an opinion. And you want to help them learn how to form it and then how to execute in a kind way in a way that they'll feel a little uncomfortable with until they start to practice it. And then once they start to practice it, that becomes part of their character. They're always going to default to people-pleasing. They'll always default to being compliant, uh, not making any waves. They'll default to that, and that's completely fine as long as they know that there's a time and a place. And not all the time do I need to be all compliant or the happy one or the easygoing one. Doesn't mean they don't have to be easygoing. They can do it in a nice way, but that doesn't mean they have to always do it. So I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of Equipped to Be. When we talk about parenting a passive child. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.